This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Sabah al khair, hello wallah, and welcome to Life Beats. It's that magic kind of a week where it's supposed to be Tuesday, but we've already arrived at Thursday. What have you got planned for the weekend? Last week we got some incredible tips from Hatem Matar on firing up the barbecue for the best grills. If you mix miss that show, um, make sure you check out the podcast under Life Beats in SoundCloud and Apple Podcast. Today, we're going to be taking care of your desserts. First up, we're going to be joined this hour by Zora Qureshi. She's a friend of Life Beats who you've heard before representing Arawi and Shababik restaurants as their director. Well, she is in fact a very talented baker and chef in her own right. As the founder of Zoe's Kitchen and Buttercup by Zoe here in Sharjah, she'll be introducing us to her unique take on Irish cakes and desserts that are lovingly crafted with Middle Eastern flavors. Plus, in the second hour, we meet multi-award winning chocolate master, Chef Avarinda Lila Rathna from Al Jawaha Reception and Convention Center, who has just come back from the World Culinary Olympics in Luxembourg, where he won not one, but two silver medals for his creations. Don't miss his story from 11 a.m. So let's get into it. It's Life Feats with me, Sally Musa, on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. I'm very pleased to be welcoming into the studio the one and only Zora Qureshi. Hello. Hi. Hiya. <laughs> I'm a wee bit early. I thought I was going to be late, but I'm a wee bit early. Oh, I love it. I love, you know, your um, your uh, thing of being late is other people's early, so it's good. We're glad you're here. Um, today, it's all about desserts. So in the second hour, we have a world chocolate master coming in. I know. You're here now. Ta-da. Ta-da. This is the coolest thing because um, normally you come in, you're a friend of Pulse95 and Life Beats. Um, you're always talking about a Rawi restaurant, Shababik, because you're the director of these restaurants, which is amazing. And they're fantastic and, and brilliant. Thank you. But you're also a baker and a chef in your own right. I am. Which is really amazing. Um, Secret talent. No, you, you wear a lot of hats, it should be said. You're a journalist. You do lots and lots of different things. I try. <laughs> Yeah, modestly said. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, just slight overachiever, yeah. maybe. In, in <laughs> for you. But how did this baking thing start? Because I knew you as a journalist first. You did, yeah. And then you surprised me by this thing of, oh, I'm a baker and a chef, and I'm like, what? Yeah, I love journalism a pretty good for one it. Too. Yeah, and a pretty good one too. Oh, thank you. So where did that start? Um, when I was eight. So when I was eight years old, I was back in Ireland, and I just thought. Um, my granny was in the kitchen cooking something and I was always forever in the kitchen trying to dabble with like flour and chocolate or whatever, scones or whatever. Um, and she's like, come on, we'll, we'll bake some brownies. And I was like, brownies? Like in Ireland, you don't really get brownies. You get cupcakes and brownies is like this new thing. And we thought it was quite American because like brownie, you know, brownie rice. <laughs> anyway, so I, I made this brownie and uh, the first batch was like, eh, okay. And then I basically, I've been making it ever since. I'm not going to give away my age, but let's just say I've been baking it for a really long time. Um, so I went away to university and I, 
you know, I love to talk, as you know. Um, so I ended up doing journalism, um, loved doing journalism. And then uh, after seven years of doing, no, six years of doing journalism, I turned around and said, I want to do a pastry degree. Uh, so I did a pastry diploma and finished that. I came back to the UAE and I Where said... Where did you do that? In London. In London. And I also did a diploma here in the UAE in um, in Dubai. Um, and then I said to my dad, oh, by the way, I don't want to do journalism anymore. I want to open a bakery. And my dad just looked at me like, huh, very funny. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm being serious. And he's like, Zora, I just paid for your whole education and journalism. And now you want to run away and do a bakery. And do you know what it's like to open a business? And... And to be honest, in the beginning, it seems like fairy dust, like you're going to go and open this business and you're going to be super successful. You're going to do your passion and it's going to be like watching Chef's Table on Netflix, right, right, right? Or like the movie Chocolat where she's opened this beautiful chocolate shop or... I know, looking so glamorous, it's like right? <laughs> it's not like that. There's no glamour in it. There is... Pure sweat, tears, crying, uh, stress, uh, hair loss, um, sleepless nights, um, being broke. It's all there in the beginning. But for the love of baking, I did it. And I definitely do have a passion for cooking and baking. So I continued. Uh, I started at home. So I was literally doing everything Sally so I was standing in the kitchen whipping and then icing and then I'd pack it up and get in my car and then deliver everything and then come home again and I was actually still working as a journalist at that time so I was doing my you know my shift at whatever station I was working at and then came back home to do my baking so yeah now when I think about it that was a bit nuts but um insane how long did you do that for like kind of juggling the two at the the same time three years three years you were juggling the two two and a half two and a half wow that's dedication and then I left journalism because you were like okay I want to dedicate myself and my time to this yeah this is what you really love yeah and then I said I might do an odd shift here or there write an article here or there don't mind and then I thought you know you can combine the two like journalism is like so open and so many things you can do like you're doing so many different types of shows during the week so I was like I'll not limit myself and I could potentially do a food show or potentially do food segments like I'm sitting here talking to you about food right now um so I didn't like limit myself um but yeah I went ahead and I decided let me put together a menu and open this coffee shop and well it was a walk-in bakery at the time wow the whole idea you call it an Irish bakery so I I think we need to talk about um, you and your background and mm-hmm. kind of um, people get confused because you look Emirati. When you speak Arabic, you sound Emirati, um, but you're not. <laughs> no. Um, and you are Pakistani, but also Irish. So take us through how all of that works. Oh, this is hilarious. So I'm a bit of a fruit cocktail and it's been that way since I moved to the UAE. So I moved to the UAE 14 years ago. Uh, born and raised in Northern Ireland. My dad's family are Irish. My mom's family are half English, half Pakistani. So beautiful, big, fat mix. And funny you asked me that. A friend of mine recently gave me a DNA kit, kit right? Mm. Um, and I I was like, okay. And she's like, I really just want to know where the heck you're from. Because you're just <laughs> like, there must be some other mix in there with you. So I said, okay, fine, I'll do it. So I got this kit and I swabbed my cheeks and whatever. And uh, I give it to my dad and I said, dad, look, can you post this off? Because it has to go off to America or something. So he takes it to the post office and um, the guy at the post office says, what is this? And he says, it's my daughter's DNA. And he says, 
well, what are you doing? Your daughter's DNA. My dad says, I think she's convinced that we're not her parents. And she's trying to find out who they really are. <laughs> um, so that was funny. But I finally got the results. And I was not expecting what I got. What? So I got South Asia, which makes sense. So that was um, India, Pakistan, Afghanistan, that kind of region. And then I had Ireland, Scotland, Wales, which also makes sense. But then I had Eastern Europe, like a whole 13%. Like what? Like Ukraine, is, is there, yeah. Uh, Czech Republic, Bulgaria, Romania, uh, moving, veering off slightly to Russia. Now, to be honest, I don't have any family there. I potentially could. Well, I have 3,000 distant relatives now, but apparently I'm 13% Eastern European. Wow. Yeah, I just dropped that mic. Boom. I know. And no Arab. Like, I didn't even know that. Yeah, neither did I. And That's I want to know crazy. where my family came from now. Um, but absolutely no Arab blood. Like, to look at me, you would think there must be something there. Nothing. Totally. Totally. So, okay, we're going to go from there and we're going to talk about um, how you kind of uh, bring in and incorporate your Irish roots um, and even Arab flavors into your desserts as well because you do a whole bunch of different things. Um, So I want to ask you about that next. We are talking to Zora Qureshi of Zoe's Kitchen and Buttercup by Zoe, which is happening this weekend at the heart of Sharjah. I'm so excited for that. Me Are you too. excited? I am. I'm she's, nervous. She's I don't working. Think I'm nervous. She's working her socks off. That's why she's like, I'm excited. But it's exciting. No, it's I am. Really- <laughs> Should we do that again? Ask me again. Go. Are you excited? I am super excited. <laughs> there we go. We're going to be talking more desserts, Irish desserts, next with Zora. This is Pulse ninety five. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Oh, if you've got a sweet tooth, this is the show for you in the studio with me this morning is uh, Zora Qureshi. Uh, she is the founder, uh, creator of Zoe's Kitchen, um, as well as Buttercup by Zoe, which you will be seeing uh, this weekend at the heart of Sharjah. Okay, so, right, you're, we've established that you're a baker. In the, in the break... You will have seen on Instagram Live. If you're not on Instagram Live, you need to go there right now um, and have a look and see because um, Mikhail is going to give us another peek into the box. Um, Zora has kindly brought in uh, salted caramel brownies, which I'm still, you can hear me like smacking away as I'm trying to speak on the radio. Um, She's brought these beautiful, beautiful things in. Um, And thank you. They are really good. Really chewy. Really off, yeah. This woman, oh my gosh, amazing. Um, but so, okay, this is your grandmother's recipe that you were talking about. Uh, it started as hers and then I tweaked it and made it mine. Yeah. So now mine are definitely better than hers. <laughs> Just saying. If she's listening, I'm Boom. so dead. Oh, yeah. grandma. Oh, no. Um, yeah, no, I, I tweaked it a lot actually from her you- rustic kind of um, recipe and toned it up a wee bit, refined it a wee bit. Um, because she doesn't do hers with salted caramel. Of course, and, yeah. That's a new uh, thing. I made mine a little bit more fudgier than hers. Because she did hers with a dollop, dollop of whipped cream. Uh, hot with whipped cream, which is lovely. Yes. Um, but I don't think brownies should be cakey. I think they should be fudgy. And there is a huge debate about this, but I'm on the fudge side. So I'm on the chewy, fudgy side. Otherwise, it's not a brownie. I'm incredibly democratic. I will go for fudgy one day. I will go for cakey with but do you like the ice cream one? or cream the next day. 
It depends according to the mood, Zora. No? But then what's the difference between a cakey brownie and chocolate cake? Maybe nothing, but that doesn't matter. Right? <laughs> no, this is like this is a proper debate. And I think we should have a whole show about this. Fudgy against cakey. For a brownie. Yes. For a brownie. A brownie. Okay. Think about we're it. talking brownie. We're not talking anything else. Okay. Tell us what you think if you're on Instagram right now. Do you like your brownie fudgy or do you want it cakey? It depends. Look, you can do fudgy. Fudgy's going to be on its own. You can't do like the cream and whatever and that. You can. Like, you could just still do this brownie hot with some ice cream. It still goes down really well. But then cakey ones, you have to have something with it because it's like uh, dry, you know? You do. You have right? to have the cream or you have to have ice cream. It doesn't work without. So then it's not really a brownie. Two. It's true, but I, I don't care. It's all good and it's all delicious. Okay, so let's talk about... We've like, converted her, by the way. <laughs> just saying. You've got these gorgeous loaf cakes that I've seen. The yeah. rose ones. Yes. And the coconut ones. Mm-hmm. This is, is this a very um, kind of Irish thing? Yes. So usually at tea time, so the kettle is always on. Always. In Ireland. Put the kettle on, Zora. Put the kettle on. We'll have a cup of tea. They drink so much tea. I don't know why they haven't opened their own tea farm. Um, What's their tea like? Oh, God. Because we know Arabic Irish tea, tea is like, nice and heavy and, and sweet. What's Irish tea like? Uh, so you got two extremes in Ireland. You've got one with lots of milk, lots of sugar, and then they dunk a digestive in it. <laughs> and then you've got Love the it. other extreme where it's like super dark, super intense with a wee drop of milk. Mm. Um, I don't like any of them. I like my tea black. Um, but yeah, so it's different in Ireland. But the milky one always wins. Like my dad drinks his tea really milky yeah. and my mom doesn't. So there's yeah. that. But my dad's Irish and my mom's English. So there's that problem as well. Yeah, so <laughs> weird. Oh, I love it. Okay, back to the loaf cake. Yeah, yeah, so loaf cakes were always on the table for tea time. So it was either Madeira or a coconut or a carrot or a date or a ginger loaf cake. Um, and I thought, because so many people have so many different gatherings here, I was like, let me make a signature box of like mini cakes that I would have got when I was growing up. Mm. So we have like a mini Victoria sponge. We've got a mini coconut cake. We've got a mini rose cake. Now, rose I didn't grow up with, but I know that rose is a big hit here in the UAE. And I actually didn't enjoy rose until I moved here. So there's a lot of rosy things here now. There's like rose croissants and rose lattes and rose ice cream and... I could go on. It's a big, big trend. Huge. So I thought, okay, let's convert one of my cakes into a rosy cake. So we made a rose loaf cake. And then in that signature box, you also get the brownie. So it's like the best of everything in one little box. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't bring that one today. My bad. We'll kind of forgive you for that. Maybe next time. Maybe. Maybe next time. (laughs) Um, Okay. So your favorite thing to bake. What's your favorite thing to do? Or to eat even. See, that's a really hard... Somebody asked me that the other day. What's my favorite dessert? And I couldn't put my finger on it because I'd eat anything. Um, that's why you work the, the way you do, yeah. Uh, goodness. That's a hard one. Brownie, I would say, is very good, but I tend to not eat them now because I make them so much. So that's another thing. When you're, you know, when you're a chef or a pastry chef, you often don't eat mm. what you cook, right? Um, and that's why chefs aren't really fat. Because you're constantly tasting as well. You're constantly tasting. And, and then you, you get to. you get fed up. Like, honestly, if I, I have to go in and taste everything in the bakery at 7 a.m. And I don't want to eat it. That's so true. Now yeah, that I think so, about it. Like, yeah. 
Don't give me Victoria sponge. Don't give me. People think I've poisoned the food when I'm I craving. don't eat in it. But I'm craving the Victoria sponge. I think right now that's something I haven't had in ages. I don't see very often. Yeah, good Victoria What's sponge. A, how do you make a good Victoria sponge? What's the secret to that? Uh lovely spongy cake. So don't lose any air when you're making the cake. A lot of people overmix, and that's a no-no. You have to fold it, is that right? You have right? to fold it. It's all about the wrist action, you know. Yeah, because you've got, you know, obviously the egg whites and everything, getting all of that air going. Yep. Um, And make sure that you're not opening, like, you know, people when they're baking, they're super anxious to get it out of the oven. Don't keep opening the door because you're ruining the rising process. Um, And I also encourage people don't use self-raising flour. I'm not against it, but because it's already pre-mixed, you don't know how much raising agent's actually in it. Mm. So it kind of botches up your, um, your recipe so um, the easy way out is to use self-raising flour but if you really want a good rise in your cake just add your bicarb or your baking soda yeah do it separately yeah we're gonna keep talking to Zora next um, all about her baking secrets as well if you've got a question for Zora send it in now and we're gonna be finding out more about what's happening with buttercup this weekend part of Sharjah make sure you're there it's life beats on Pulse 95 this is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Yes, it's getting uh, quite sweet here in the studio. We are talking desserts with Zora Qureshi. She is a chef and baker. Um, uh, part, and she's the one who founded Zoe's Kitchen So, um, and brought in the most incredible brownies. Um, and yes, we were having a big... Uh, debate about the brownies. Should they be fudgy? Should they be cakey? Right. So Maria has said both. It depends on my sweet tooth. I'm with you, Maria. 100%. It depends on the mood. Um, uh, we've got uh, Noon Al Sayed uh, saying fudge. Fudgy. Yeah. Um, Come to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> fudgy Welcome side. Al <laughs> Hello, and uh, big shout out to you. Welcome to the show. Um, uh, she says, Go Zora. So, a oh, little message you. from her. So, thanks for tuning in to Instagram Live. But um, Maria has a question. Mr. McHale, would you like to um, uh, tell us what Maria's question is? Yeah, she says, What's the trick with Swiss rolls? They always seem to crack for me. All right, Zora, over to you. Okay, so this is an exclusive tip for you, Maria. Um, you're rolling it while it's cold. You need to be rolling it when it comes straight out of the oven. Now I know really? that's a bit, yeah, and I know that's really tricky because it's hot. But basically, you, you need think to. It's gonna break when it's hot. No. Okay. First of all, there's a couple of things here. Uh, you should only be using egg whites because it's a meringue-based sponge. Uh, so you should only be using egg whites to make it elastic, okay? And you need to beat it. So, you you know, with most cakes, you don't overbeat it because you don't want that taste. I can't describe it, so you're going to watch it on uh, Instagram. <laughs> um, so basically, with a Swiss roll, you want that. You want it to be super airy, so you beat uh, the eggs almost to a meringue consistency. And then once you've done that, um, you put it on a baking sheet you spread it quite evenly and then once you've done that you don't bake it for that long so make sure you keep it in the oven for around eight to nine minutes just depending on on your mixture uh once you take it out you should have a lovely tea towel layer with some baking paper and icing sugar on it so lay it flat flip it out okay and roll it straight away so peel off your baking paper and roll it now i know that sounds super tricky but cake cools quite quickly when it's that thin. So um, 
Best advice is roll it as soon as it comes out of the oven and leave it to cool rolled. And then when you're ready to fill it, you unroll it and it won't crack. So you fill it and then you roll it back up again. Um, wow. We might try and do a workshop on this. So if we do, we'll keep you informed. That's a great idea. Yeah. I love that. Definitely do a workshop because there are the these. roll one. Yeah, because it's like, you know, yes, we talk about all the flavors and yeah. the ingredients and stuff, but there's a lot of science that goes into it. Absolutely. You, you need to know these things. It's precision and technique, right? It's like chemistry. Um, you know, you're, you're putting in... You know, eggs have their own chemical function. Flour has its own chemical function. Baking soda, baking powder, even milk and salt. Like if you don't add salt, it really affects the chemical reaction. So I feel like you need to follow your recipe to the T. Um, and if you have and it's still cracking, you're rolling it when it's cold. So roll it when it's hot. Okay. Maria says, uh, thank you very much for the advice. You're most welcome. Love it. Thanks, Maria, for that. We've actually run out of time, Miss Sora. Such a shame. I know. But before we let you go, tell us what's happening at Buttercup. Yes. So Zoe's Kitchen's done a pop up um, for the next five months in Heart of Sharjah. And it's called Buttercup by Zoe's Kitchen. So it's a cafe version of Zoe's Kitchen. But we have awesome desserts Whoop. that's um, inspired by my experience in life as a pastry chef. So we have one that's called Summer in London. And every time I go to London, I drop my ice cream. It's just a thing that happens. It's like I'm cursed. So we've done something similar where we drop ice cream with like hot fudge and brownies and caramel and all of that stuff. Um, so we have lots of fun things going on. We're opening tomorrow. We're giving free ice cream to everyone who comes in. Yes. So get in there, get some free ice cream, <laughs> come and say hello. Um, and yeah, so we'll be open for a good five months. So lots of time to come in and see what we've got. We've got toasties, we've got baked eggs, scones. Donuts. Don't. Oh, I have to tell you about the donut challenge go quickly. On. Sorry, before we go. <laughs> so basically, um, we're launching a donut challenge next week in Buttercup. Uh, we're challenging all of our customers to see if they can eat a donut without licking their lips. Now, scientists say it's virtually impossible why i have tried four times it's hard like you, i can't do it because scientists say that you can't leave anything on your lips like grainy things and all of our donuts are covered in uh, granulated sugar so when you take a bite you automatically lick your lips and then you take another bite and you lick your lips so now we're challenging our customers eat a whole donut without licking your lips so and prove scientists do wrong. Do they have to come to like buttercup and stand there and you're watching them are you going to take a video like how does this work no, we'll trust them. We'll trust them to say that they can actually do it because if they do, they like if they buy a donut, they take it home. Maybe they don't feel comfortable doing it in front of us. That's fine. <laughs> so they can go home, uh, but they have to come back and tell us how they did it because honestly, Sally, I have tried. I'm not joking. I've done it like four times and I can't. I'm going to get you down to do it. I've never I've never thought about it before, but I think you're, you're right. You, you can't can. do it. Okay, I'm up for the challenge. Who's up for the challenge? Go down. Heart of Charger, Buttercup by Zoe. Thank you so much, Zoe. Thank Croatia. you. Amazing. Coming up next, we are, of course, going to find out what it takes to be the Middle East's world chocolate master as we welcome to Life Beats studio chef Avarinda Lilarathna. That's coming up next. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.